If you have your Bible today, I'd ask you to turn with me to Matthew 20, beginning at verse 1. The title of my message today is Latecomers. I'm not looking at any certain person. (laughs) For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out and about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out into the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when he And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. And when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this to the last man the same as to you. It is not lawful, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last. So many are called, but few are chosen. This is a very familiar passage, and sometimes a familiar passage is is troublesome. We feel like we've been there, and there's nothing new to see. Well, today there is. When it comes to the management of time, There are basically three kinds of people. There are the people that get there early. There are the people that get there right on time. And then there are the people that are late. The people who arrive late are a chronic source of irritation. (laughs) After you are in a movie for a while, sitting down, waiting on it to start, All of a sudden, the lights go dark, and the screen opens up, and the movie begins, and then, and then, here comes these people down your aisle, and they step on your feet because it's dark, and you're thinking, why in the world weren't you on time? Well, the the, uh, choir uh, member comes in late, and of course, the uh, minister of music uh, wants everybody to be together on everything, so they have to go over the whole anthem again so that everybody will be on the same page at the same time. 
Well, then there is the man who yells and waves at the bus as it's pulling off. And so, of course, the bus stops. And he walks uh, up to the bus and gets on. And 25 people have to wait on uh, this process uh, to go on. Oscar Wilde referred to latecomers as thieves who steal the time of others. One of my professors in college did a very interesting thing. I've never seen it before or since. Uh, When the bell would ring, he would walk over and lock the door. And nobody else could get in. I mean, it was locked. And he would not open it. And he didn't want anybody else to open it. It was closed. Latecomers uh, just missed it. At a depth level within each of us, our response to latecomers can be severe. Latecomers are sometimes newcomers. They often represent the newly arrived. I pastored a church in Fayetteville, Georgia about 30 years ago. And it was a very interesting uh, town. It was about 25 miles south of Atlanta. And there were three or 4,000 people that lived there. It wasn't a, a big place. Uh, it was kind of a sleepy uh, Georgia town. And it was real nice and kind of family-oriented, and everybody uh, liked living there. It seemed like all of a sudden, all at one time, the developers decided that Fayetteville was the next place around Atlanta that was really going to be built. They were going to build homes there. And so uh, they came in, and they started talking to the ranchers and the farmers about their property. It was uh, very, very uh, interesting. There were a number, and by number, I don't mean three or four. There were a number of people in my church that became multimillionaires overnight. I mean overnight. They had millions and millions of dollars. Uh, The big bucks for the ranches, for the farms. They loved the money, but they didn't like the new people. Latecomers. You know, the Vietnamese uh, moved in large numbers to America, but they were not always welcomed with open arms. There were the Korean shopkeepers in Brooklyn, New York, whose shops were damaged by shopkeepers who had been there for 30 or 50 or even 80 years. There are the Hispanics that have come across the border from Mexico And many feel like they take jobs and houses and hospital space. Well, those in L.A., of course, don't like that. And the border towns all along California, Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. Have you ever thought, this is interesting, have you ever thought about the American Indians? Guess who the latecomers are? It's us. We're the latecomers. Some come into our families late. We call them step people. There is a stepmother, a stepfather, stepson, stepdaughter. Uh, We sometimes welcome them with folded arms. 
not open arms. We also have latecomers to church. Have you ever visited in a church where they had a little asterisk in the bulletin? And uh, down at the bottom of the page, it would say, latecomers may be seated. They wanted you to know when you were supposed to come in. I thought that was kind of stern, kind of uh, judgmental. And so I've always changed that. I like for it to say, interval for seating. Thank you for waiting. That seems so much nicer to me. In our scripture today, the landowner hired some people at 6 in the morning, and some at 9 in the morning, and some at noon, and some at 3 in the afternoon, and some at 5 in the afternoon, even though the workday was over at 6. That was what he did. He kept going out, kept hiring people. And each one of them were paid a denarius. The last hired were paid first. Each group got the same pay. Seems to me like the boss made two mistakes. He paid the last hired first. That was a big mistake. If he had paid the first hired first, they never would have known what the last got. They would have gone on their way with their denarius and been very happy. Well, the other mistake was they didn't use pay envelopes. You know, people get mad when they find out what everybody else is making. Did you know that? We resent it when basketball players that are seven feet tall make seven or eight or ten million dollars a year. That is irritating to a lot of people that aren't seven feet tall. We don't think that's fair. Comparison always causes problems. It did in our text. Did you notice that? It caused a problem. I one time spoke at a single adult conference uh, five different times. It was a, a Friday night and a Saturday thing. I spoke five times for an hour. And uh, they paid me $150. And the room that I slept in was not a very nice room. And that is being uh, favorable uh, to the situation. The food wasn't good. Well, they invited a trio to come in and sing for one hour on Saturday night. And they paid them $1,000. And they didn't have to stay in the crummy room. And they didn't have to eat the bad food. And they got $1,000. To tell you the truth, it kind of irritated me. They got there late. It was very irritating. <laughs> we are usually happy with what we have until we find out what somebody else has. You know, if they do the same thing that we do and they're paid more, we don't like that. Or if they do something that we think is not as important as what we do, we don't like that. They're paid more. Comparison always gets us in trouble. The subject in this parable, however, is not economics. It is about grace. This text is about grace. Apparently, Jesus knew 
that we would resent latecomers. He tried to anticipate that resentment and sort of head us off. The Jews resented that the Christians came late to the Scripture. The original disciples resented Paul because he came late to the scene. Paul came after the resurrection. And he had to defend himself for that a number of times because people said, well, you're not an apostle. You weren't here during all the stuff that went on. Who do you think you are? It it caused some issues. Sometimes even Christians resent those who make a profession of faith later in life because you that have been there for a while know, well, that was an awful person. They did terrible things. They hurt a lot. They're just awful people, awful people. And now they're coming into our church, and we're supposed to welcome them with open arms. Well, we resent those that come after the Capital Fund campaign. It kind of irritates us when those come after we buy the land or after we build the new building and we sacrifice a great deal uh, for that to happen. And then they come in. They're latecomers. Lyle Schaller is a church growth expert. He's uh, known all over, really all over the world, for writing a bunch of books on church growth. He once uh, went to Georgia to a great big church and did a conference there on church growth. And in one of the sessions, he asked the assembled group, do you really want your church to grow? One man immediately got up and said, of course we want our church to grow. We pray every day that our church would grow. Another man got up and said, you know, it's the nature of the Christian faith that we would reach out to people and bring people in and that they would join our church and grow in their faith. Of course we want our church to grow. And a lady sitting down close to the front uh, was a bit irritated with the question. She said, well, this is a growth conference that we're having, and we're all here. Of course we want our church to grow. Uh, We want to find out uh, what we need to do to grow our church and where to put more emphasis and how to do things better. Well, finally, an older man got up, and he said, Well, honestly, I like our church like it is. He said, I know everybody here, and I I really like our staff, and they like us. And it just seems like it's real comfortable. I I wish our church would just kind of stay like it is. You know, new people change stuff. Did you know that? New people always change stuff. Latecomers aren't always wanted. Sometimes latecomers have to push their way in. That's very sad. And Jesus is talking about that in our text this morning. That's the the whole thing. He's talking about the latecomer. And how we are to relate to them. Grace is not taught 
in the business world. Now, this whole parable is about grace, but grace is not taught in the business world. In the business world, they tell you to get ahead. If you have to, step on a bunch of people. Whatever you have to do, get ahead. In politics, you're not taught a lot of grace. You're taught about negative campaigning. In the classroom, you realize quickly that they grade on the curve. And so you have got to beat them in order to get the invitation to the better schools. So you've got to beat them. And that's the whole process. You're working real, real hard to beat everybody else. In God's sight, there is no late and there is no early. Did you know that? Think about that for a minute. John 3.16 says, Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will. Whosoever believes. The Lord gives a great invitation, doesn't he? Whosoever will may come. Anytime, any place, anyone. The Magi really got there late. Did you know that? I guess all of you know that. I say that every Christmas season. They weren't there on the night Jesus was born. I hope some of you are not all of a sudden upset about it, but uh, they weren't. They got there late. They got there, the scholars say, a year and a half later. Not just a day late, a year and a half late. These manger scenes with the wise men there, they're all wrong. They weren't there. The magi were late, very late. In the slippery world of buying and selling used cars, fast-talking dealers will discuss with you Easy miles and hard miles. It's not enough to say the car has 40,000 miles on it. You want to hear about easy miles and hard miles. Well, if the car has 40,000 miles on it, and it's from Boston, where people are starting and stopping and starting and stopping all the time, those are hard miles. And that car is not as good as the car just like it who was in some place where they weren't starting and stopping all the time. Some cars uh, come from Arizona where they sit out in the blazing desert sun for a few years and then they go on the market to be sold, 40,000 miles. But they're hard miles, hard miles. There are those cars that have spent a lot of time in Florida with, within a short distance of the coast, and they have been sprayed thousands of times with salt water. And of course, those are hard miles. You want to be careful about those cars. There are people who come to the Lord late in the evening of their life. Late because they have been out there on a rough road, a rough road. They have had hard miles. Some people want to save all the whales and all the trees, but they're not concerned about the babies. 
Have you ever thought about that? That is so weird to me. There was a major animal rights court case years and years and years ago about the snail darter, a little tiny thing in the rivers. It, it wasn't but about two or three inches long. Have any of you ever heard of a snail darter? A number of you have. Well, my dad worked for the Tennessee Valley Authority, and he was the federal expert witness in that trial. Uh, he had to say uh, convincingly to the jury that these snail darters weren't very important, uh, and there weren't many of them. And if they could build a dam there, they could provide electricity to thousands and thousands of people very cheaply. So it would be much better to have a dam. Well, the snake darter people didn't like that, snail darter. They didn't like that. They uh, got up and yelled and demonstrated and just carried on and on and on. Uh, some of them were asked, well, what do you think about saving babies? And they said, we don't care about that. We're here for the snail darters. We care about the snail darters. Well, you know, sometimes uh, people that have hard hearts make hard miles for others. So many people have been hurt. Perhaps they were roughed up in childhood. They had a bad childhood. Maybe they didn't have much love, but they did have a lot of different moves where they couldn't make friends of long standing. Perhaps they had a loveless and condemning kind of fundamentalism at home. Perhaps there was a resentment toward God in that home. Perhaps the person has been through a lot of experience that has predisposed them to doubt and indifference. A lot of experiences that aren't good will turn you the wrong way. Perhaps your movement to God has been slow and tedious. Perhaps it's taken a while for you to figure out who the religious hucksters are and, on the other hand, to see those who labor day in and day out in the background with the motive of ministry. We have some of those kind of people in our church, and I'm so proud of them and all the things that they do. As I was writing this sermon, I thought about... Uh, talking about all the different groups and committees and things, and then I realized I would forget two or three, and that would be a problem. The Magi were late, but they were not too late. They brought strange gifts, but those gifts were received. I wonder if you have traveled hard miles. A lot of holes in the pavement. Some years with not much service on the road that you're traveling. Some years where there was just one deadline after another, and it was constantly, constantly, you were going in an uphill direction. The Magi were late, but they had special gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What is it that we bring to the Lord? Perhaps you can bring wisdom to the church. 
If you have been on a lot of hard roads for a long time, perhaps you can bring some love because you have finally, finally realized the best way to receive love is to give some love first. Some people who are always on time don't make any difference. Yes, they're there on time, but so what? They don't add anything. They don't develop anything. They're just there. They're really uh, not accomplishing a thing. Some who come late, like the Good Samaritan and the Magi, are late. But oh, how wonderful it is when they're there. God keeps a light on in the window For those that are not yet home, you can see the light, can't you? It's in the distance, and God is in the window, and the prodigal is walking around for a good while, making just a terrible mess of his life, but one day he decides to come home, and he gets on the the long road up to the house, and he looks, and there in the window is his dad which, of course, represents our Heavenly Father. He sees the light, sees his Father, and he comes on home. For those of you that are still out on the road, and you've been traveling hard miles, and it doesn't seem like it's gotten any easier, maybe you just ought to turn and come on home. The family, the church, is waiting for you. The Heavenly Father is standing at the window, like He did for the prodigal son, hoping that you will turn in, that you will stop, that you will quit driving yourself. It doesn't really matter that you're late. You will be received now with love. The Father has been waiting on you. It's late. But it's not too late. I hope all of us can be a friend, a real good friend to those who get to the vineyard later than we do. Even the ones that come at three in the afternoon or five in the afternoon. I hope we can be friends to them and offer love and acceptance to them. I hope we won't mumble or complain when God gives them more than we think they deserve. May we pray for those who want to get off the merry-go-round. Lord, help them today to come home. Help them to know that they will be received well, not just tolerated, but received well. Help them to know it's not too late to receive your grace. You know, one of the things that we want our church to be is a a grace center, a loving center, a caring center. And I hope that those of you that will come to join with us will sense that and feel that, believe that, and make this the center of your operations for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to sing a hymn, as we always do, and I'm going to stand down at the front, as I always do, 
And we want to invite you to turn, make that turn and come on home. And come and receive the grace of our Lord. If you want to trust in Christ, come. If you want to join the church, come. If you want to rededicate your life, come. The Lord leads you. Take a stand for him. Let's stand together as we sing.